Welcome to One Moment Wiser. This is Christy Bridges, and I'm going to help you understand yourself better, improve your relationships, and connect with your creator. My guests share personal stories and wisdom, and in 2023, we're focusing on mental health from a Christian perspective. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to One Moment Wiser. This is Christy Bridges, and I have a guest you don't want to miss today, my friend Lisa Dees. Now, this girl is spectacular. Let me just tell you a little bit of it. So Lisa teaches the Oklahoma handgun carry class, the basics of pistol shooting, the how not to be a victim seminar, talk down, not take down seminar. It's not all about guns. Uh, Self-defense classes. She teaches uh, Bible study at her church. She's actually very active um, as a church leader. And she is also a mental health coach. So Lisa is here to talk to us today about the connection between our mental health and our physical health, our physical safety. So when we get up inside of our heads or when we're busy on our phones, right? We can ignore the warning signs around us. We can make ourselves vulnerable. And I was reading 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5 gives us very clear directions. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that at the proper time he may exalt you. How often do we get mad because someone has disrespected us or they're not recognizing what we've done or who we are or what we're capable of? And we get up inside our heads with arguments, you know, that we're not having out loud with them, but we're, we're doing it in here. Um, it says, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you at the right time. Test all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. How often are we inside our heads freaking out about um, problems, money problems, people problems, job problems, situational issues, fears? Well, it says cast those anxieties on God because he cares for you. Do we actually have to give it to him? And sometimes we play ping pong a little bit, right? Uh, we keep giving it to him as often as the devil tries to feed us more. Um, sometimes the, the devil acts like, have you ever been to the batting range where the balls just come at you on a constant basis, right? He throws those and you have to keep passing those to God. It says, be sober minded and be watchful because your adversary, the devil, literally says that right there in the Bible, even though modern people like to pretend there isn't one. Uh, but it says your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, making a lot of noise, seeking someone to devour. So when we are walking along, or sitting in our car or out somewhere, and we're all up in here disobeying this word, instead of being humble, being prideful, instead of being peaceful, being anxious, instead of being aware, being wrapped up in ourselves, then we create the potential for dangerous situations, for situations where we can end up actually experiencing more trauma. 
And God wants to protect us from that. He wants us to use the brains he's given us and his Holy Spirit to stay aware and take care of the gift he's given us ourselves. So Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. And that was kind of a long-winded introduction, but I am so glad you're here. You've really made me think. And um, so tell us a little bit about, I guess, what we should know and what your experience is with this. Um, well, there's this is such a broad topic, and I know we talked about this earlier, so I'm going to try to keep it a little bit, you know, a little more condensed than I normally would in a class. But God gives us all of these tools we need to protect ourselves and to take care of ourselves. And that's against the spiritual warfare we go through and the physical. And he gives us these tools and we just have to learn how to use them. In my class, I like to teach about we have a toolbox and God gives us tools. And as we learn how to use them, we put them in that toolbox so that as we need them, we can pull them out and use them. And situational awareness is a big tool we use because our minds, like you said, are working in so many different avenues that if we're not careful, the devil could possibly try to slip in and use a scenario to keep us distracted from what's happening right in front of us, from what's happening around us. Um, one of the things that I really, I really like to, well, let me take a step back. I, I work with women of all ages. Um, but lately I've been working with a lot of college age young ladies who have gone from high school in a rural area and are about to go to college in a big campus in a big town in a big city. And it's a complete culture shock. And so a lot of these young ladies will go and because they're so focused on trying to keep up with the hustle and the bustle and trying to keep up with all of these new things they've never experienced, that is when the devil tries to creep in. And so with those young ladies, I work in twofold. We work on being aware of your surroundings, but also being aware of your spiritual warfare that is going on. Because when you enter a new area of life and you're serving God wholeheartedly, the devil, I mean, he tries to stop you. He tries to attack if he can. He doesn't want us serving God. And so with those young ladies, we work in twofold. It's, it's not just about what's around you, but it's also about your spiritual side of knowing everything around and what's going on in your own mind and around you. And I know that's a really long explanation. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> well, that actually makes a lot of sense though, because at a time in our lives when we are um, stretching out from somebody else's rules, out from somebody else's control, we are designing our own life and there are, and we rely a little more than ever on our peers to tell us, what's okay, even though they haven't lived any more life than we have, really. Um, and so we have to, to stay aware of the state of our spirit. You know, are we staying in touch with God? Are we letting him guide us? Are we getting swept away in the excitement or the fear or the awkwardness or, you know, all these emotions that come at us? And, um, and there are we have to be self-aware um, at the same time that we're being aware of, of the relationships we're forming. And, and we're even at that time, we're still trying to figure out like how to read people, how to 
know whether someone's really going to be safe or if right now we just want to be all wrapped up in them. You know, it, is this someone who's going to be good for us in the long term? Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And the great thing about that, you said recognizing if people are going to be safe. That is one of the tools that situational awareness and self-defense involves because our brains recognize so much more than we realize. And I know a lot of people joke about this, but those hairs that stand up on your arm or the back of your neck or that just gut-wrenching feeling you get around someone, I call it discernment. I call it, you know, God is, is, is sending you a signal. Your brain even, your the way your brain, your neurons are firing, they're sending you a signal. And it may not be anything too harmful or it could be something extremely harmful, but your brain will recognize these things and send your body signals. And that's another step of learning to recognize when your body is saying something's wrong, listen to it because something is probably wrong and you need to be aware. Is it a spiritual thing or is it a physical thing? The power of the pause, mm -hmm. right? There's a reason that our, our, what is it? The amygdala reacts more quickly than our, our frontal lobes where all the logic and everything happens is because sometimes we need to move um, or stop and, and address a situation when our frontal lobe would just talk us into rationalizing that everything's okay. And we can <laughs> yeah. So in the self-defense world and I, it's goofy, but it, it gets people to really thinking we call that the lizard brain. That's your lizard brain. That's your reaction. That's where your fight, flight, or freeze comes from. And part of that, it, you really have to listen to that lizard brain and know because your body will tell you how to react. Now, sometimes our lizard brains fool us and when we should be running, we'll freeze. But that's where the self-defense and situational awareness comes in, where we teach ourselves to overcome that primal instinct to just stand there and, I don't know what to do. And we, we, we work through some scenarios and teach ourselves to run or whatever the next step needs to be. Or to use that person's body weight, you know, against them, their momentum against them, um, you know, and, and we have to know uh, one of the key things that I talk about is uh, what they call heuristics, where our auto responses that are often driven by experiences in our past or misunderstandings as we were growing up about who we were and how people would treat us. Um, you know, there's so many auto, automatic things that where we get afraid in a situation where it's not really necessary or we get angry or um, we have a reaction. And so those are things that, that need to be dealt with, you know, on a, a different level um, where we, we kind of sort, why did, why did I end up in this screaming match over a parking space, right? <laughs> you know, those are things we need to sort out. Um, but what we're talking about here is those moments where, um, you know, it's not time to sort it out. It's time to go, this feels uncomfortable and I need to pay attention um, because, and, and I need to already have practiced um, my escape route, my, um, you know, where the nearest crowd of people is that I can be part of, things that will keep me safe. So a lot of ladies that come to my classes or private lessons, whatever you want to call it, the first thing they talk about is the fear. And so on the spiritual side, I love the Psalms because all throughout Psalms, it talks about that, 
like Psalms 118, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can men do to me? What can mortals do to me? And that's one of the things on the spiritual side I like to start with because yes, spiritual um, situational awareness can be kind of scary when you think about the broad spectrum and all the bad things that can happen, it gets scary. But when you think about who your father is and he is protecting you, he is there with you. You don't have to fear a mere mortal as, as Psalm says. And so that's the first step is learning that situational awareness is not about fear. I'm not walking into scenarios scared anymore. I'm walking into them empowered and strong and knowing that I have a protector, but I also am taking my first steps in being, like you said, aware, knowing is, is after class, it's going to be pitch black. Maybe I can have a classmate I trust walk with me to my car. That's mm-hmm. my step in doing what I need to do. And then I'm letting God take over the rest to take care of me. And that yeah. is a huge thing about situational awareness, the spiritual side of knowing that you are powerful. God made us this way. We don't have to walk around in fear, but we do need to walk around strong and powerful and aware of what's going on because the devil will use physical things, not just spiritual things to try to harm you. That's what, that's what he does. Um, so we manipulate people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we have to be prepared spiritually, but physically. But I don't like to teach ladies, you know, I'm not going to walk around and be scared. I'm not going to leave Walmart scared. I'm going to leave Walmart cautious. I'm going to leave Walmart maybe, maybe seeing if I have an associate walk me out if I do feel that feeling that something's wrong. But I'm not going to walk out there fearful. I'm not going to give the devil devil an opportunity to attack my spiritual side by walking out fearful. I am going to be strong. But I'm also going to do what God is teaching me and use my tools he's given me to protect myself and take care of myself and, and be aware of what's going on around me. And I start pulling out of that toolbox and remembering all the things I've been taught. And I use those to take care of myself and protect myself, do my part, and then I let God do his Fantastic. Now, you know, you mentioned walking out of Walmart and one of the things that I've heard that I kind of doubt um, is that if you're pretending you're talking on your phone or if you actually are talking on your phone, then that's going to keep you safe. Um, Is that right? Um, Statistics actually show that if you're involved in a phone, whether you're texting, like you're walking out texting or you're on your phone, what that does is that takes down a level of your brain's consciousness of being aware. And Mm. criminals will talk about how they actually look for someone who's on a phone, whether they're talking or texting. They'll look for someone who's digging in a purse. They'll look for people who are distracted with a bunch of kids and not even looking around them. Um, Unfortunately, criminals, they target those types of things. Now, here is the next step to that. I think if you're nervous, call someone, have them on the phone, have the phone in your hand, walking with them on the phone, but don't have it up to your ear. Because then if something happens, if you are truly nervous, there it is. That person can hear what's happening. They know what's going on. They're on the ready. But you still look aware and conscious of your surroundings and you're letting your full brain process everything around you instead of taking away that one set of you know, now I'm trying to think about a phone call while I'm thinking about walking, while I'm thinking about getting to my car, while I'm thinking about looking around. You take that one aspect away where I can look around while I walk to my car. Yeah. And you've got a blind spot. You know, most of us have a speaker phone, right? You can mm-hmm. set it in your shopping cart, yeah. um, put it on speaker. And if that feels 
you know, if you feel the need to have that extra person and there's not someone in the store that you can walk with, then, you know, that's something you can do that. That's smart. And as you go to your car, you're paying attention to, uh, you know, looking in the windows, looking at the cars around you, um, things like that. Again, not to be scared, but because if you have your shoulders squared, you're confident and you're paying attention, you're less of a target. Uh, people don't want to mess with someone that's going to be hard to mess with. Absolutely. They don't want to mess with someone who looks confident because they are expecting you to fight when you look confident. And all of the studies and all of the criminals that have been talked to for these statistics, that's that's almost that's the simplest version of what they say is if you are walking out confident, you look like you are going to be a fighter and they do not want a fighter. They want it quick and easy to get it done. Yeah. And generally speaking, um, when, you know, if someone's going to be picking on someone else, then they're going to be looking for someone they can easily pick on because they're, they've got that bully mindset. So, yeah. So, um, what are some other things that we can do to, to kind of know if the, the people we're around, uh, not just strangers, but uh, like you were talking about in college, you're, you're among new friends, right? Everybody's a new friend. Um, how do we know if we're in a healthy space, in a safe space? Um, and that's, a, again, one of those twofold. The first side is always spiritual. Or that's what I like to go to first. Mm-hmm. Um, having a relationship with God and learning that discernment and letting him kind of guide you in situations. So that's the first step. The second step is um, it's it's a lot of the basics. So you never want to be a young lady in a room alone with one man. That that's just a scenario where you don't want to put yourself. And I'm not saying that one man is going to be vicious or malicious, but you don't put yourself in that situation because if you do it once, you're more likely to do it again and again and again. And it begins to develop in your brain that this is okay. And so your brain is less likely to notice the signs of when it's not okay. So that's Mm. something really basic and really simple. Now, if, if I'm hanging out with a couple of girlfriends and a couple of guy friends and we're all hanging out in a room together, that's a little different. I'm not one-on-one. I'm not secluding myself because again, anybody who's targeting you usually likes you to be secluded. They want you one-on-one or away from the crowd. Like you talked about earlier. Um, The other thing is, just kind of have a game plan. If you're going to go to a late night study, okay, where's the study going to be? Is it a well-lit area at a restaurant and you know, there's plenty of people around and workers and it's a well-lit parking lot. You know, you can go to your car safely kind of thing, or are they wanting to meet um, maybe at one of the, the, what are they called? The commons areas in one of the, um, extra buildings on the side of campus where everything's already closed and there's no teachers left. And you may have a janitor cleaning. You may not. That might be one of those where you think, "Hmm, do I want to do this? Do I want to put myself there? Do I know the people that are going to be there? But then you have to take it a step further because unfortunately, especially since 2020 statistics have gone up that attacks happen more by people, you know, than people you don't know. And it's kind of scary to think about, but Again, when you learn and you practice these things in your mind, your brain recognizes that that signal that maybe you are not understanding what it is, but your brain is saying, hey, they're putting off some kind of a signal right now. It doesn't feel good. I should leave. 
And it's perfectly okay, especially with the young ladies I work with. I tell them all the time, if you feel uncomfortable, it is okay to make up an excuse to leave. You know, hey, my mom is calling. I need to go. Or, hey, my dad is calling. Don't be ashamed, whatever age you are, to use an excuse to get out of a situation if you just don't feel comfortable. It's not. A lot of ladies were like, well, I don't want to lie to them. Well, it's not a lie. If you need to go out and call your mom, then go ahead and call your mom. So you feel better if you feel more comfortable with that. But anything that gets you out of the situation, even if it's just a random excuse, use it. Because a lot of times, even something as simple as, hey, you know, my dad called. I need to call him back. That's letting them know that you're aware of what's going on around you, even as simple as something like that. Just just making a statement that, oh, hey, this happened. I need to do this. Then if they are a potential person that might harm you, they're already seeing that you're aware of certain things. And then their brain begins to recognize that because even criminals have that lizard brain where they recognize what they want to do and don't want to do based on what their brain is seeing happening. I know it's, right. a, little, it's a little confusing I- here, but... I officially give you all permission to use me. Say, you know what? I told my friend Christy that I would reach out to her because you did, right? You said, you know what? If I ever get in a dangerous situation, I'm going to reach out to Christy. And you just get on Facebook and reach out to me Mm -hmm. once you're safe in a safe place, right? Mm -hmm. So go ahead and you can use me as an excuse. I'm good with that. Um, And I want to go back to a couple of things you said. It is, I, I am, I am kind of a geyser people too person. And I, um, thankfully I've been married most of my grown life. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of guy friends who were friends of my husband and, and I knew were trustworthy, mm-hmm. but if I have been single and, and even, you know, during a, a small gap when I was single, I didn't follow the rule of not being alone with a guy because you know guys are people too but but i see now because i've i've known people who've been in very hurtful situations and i personally have um been in in a freeze situation where something got very uncomfortable and i was so used to being okay with guys that i'd never thought about how to get away um and I remember I was uh, swimming one night and my, I love night swimming and it was my aunt's apartment complex, which seemed pretty safe. And, um, this guy came out and he started talking and I wasn't getting out of the pool cause I love to swim. And, um, we ended up talking and then he ended up getting closer and closer. And those little places that kind of tingle that make you go, I really don't want to be near this person anymore. Um, we're going off, but because of childhood experiences um, where I had learned to just freeze and close my eyes, um, I, I just froze and, and kept trying to pretend everything was okay. And thankfully God works in other people too. And if he can't get through to us, a lot of times he'll have, you know, a distraction for you. Yeah. Ready. It's it's wise for us to pay attention to God, so we're not numbing that. Mm-hmm. But my aunt came down um, when it was really getting uncomfortable, and she's like, "Hey, Christy, come on up. We got to do whatever, right?" Yeah. Uh, and she gave me crap for you know sitting in this situation. Um, but it was the first time that I'd ever realized 
I, that numbing feeling, you know, where you, you kind of numb yourself to any danger because it's always been okay before. Um, and so I'm glad that you mentioned that. There's another thing too, when you're in a, a social setting like college, um, reputations happen. And, uh, you know, back in the, in the forties and fifties, girls really worried about their reputation. Girls don't worry about reputation as much now, but there's a reason to be cautious about your reputation. Um, a, you want to be a good witness to people, right? But B, um, predators, predatory guys who may not even think of themselves as predatory, um, and, and not just guys, I mean, girls do this too, but they will think, well, you've, they'll make assumptions about what you've done in private with other guys if they know that you've been okay being alone with guys um, mm -hmm. or people of the opposite sex. They'll make assumptions about what you've done and assume that you must be okay with that. So why aren't you okay with them? Mm -hmm. And they'll try to push into that space and you can end up in a, a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. Again, not just guys, but you know, people who want more than you're willing to give yep. um, sometimes misinterpret those things. So it's, I, I see the wisdom. Um, fortunately, right. We, we sometimes wait till we're older to see the wisdom that we should have been <laughs> <following> younger. <laughs> um, but thank you for sharing that. Well, you shared a story. It made me think about something that happened to me and I don't like to share a lot of stories about me in like, but this is a very public setting I do in my classes, especially when I'm getting to know um, someone I'm working with and I want them to understand that I understand the experience too. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and share, even though this makes me a little nervous, but whatever you're comfortable with, um, I was babysitting one time and the, the couple I was babysitting for at the time were some of my best friends for like four years. I've known them really well. I loved their daughter. She was, oh, I just love her. And I was babysitting Well, they were still at work and hadn't got home yet. And one of, um, their coworkers came over and he made me feel a little uncomfortable, but they were supposed to be having a barbecue outside that night. So I knew people would kind of be showing up. I just didn't think they would until everybody else had gotten home. So I was a little uncomfortable already, but um, because of the barbecue, I went ahead and let him come in. Um, I texted my friend and he said, yeah, he's coming over tonight. And I was like, well, he's already here. And he's like, oh, he's just early. So I let him in. And like I said, I, I already had that feeling that eh, this doesn't feel very good. This doesn't feel right but I let him in I was like hey you can go ahead and go in the backyard they'll be here any minute um you know I was setting myself up for they are going to be here I'm not alone they'll be here any minute I'm not alone because it already felt wrong to me um so I, I let him go in the backyard well then he came in the living room with me and the baby I was babysitting and he kept trying to sit on the couch with me and it just felt really it just felt bad to me I'm just going to be honest it just felt bad to me and this guy, I didn't even really know, but he kept just scooting closer and scooting closer. And I had to set some, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I don't really know you that well. Do you mind scooting down? I'm just not very comfortable. Is that OK? I was trying to be polite, but set those boundaries. And then he just kept on and I started to pray, hey, God, I don't know what to do right now. I am very uncomfortable. He's not doing anything wrong necessarily, but I don't feel good. And I began to pray and pray and pray in my head while I was trying to think, OK, what do I do? What excuse do I make? What do I need to do? And then God sends two Mormon ladies to the door who are spreading the Book of Mormon around and, you know, all of this stuff. And they're like, hey, can we visit with you? And I was like, you know what? Absolutely. I'll, I'll visit with you. Come in. 
And so wonderful. I included with these two Mormon ladies for a very long time until um, um, my friends had showed up from work. And even though I wasn't, I wasn't interested in buying the book of Mormon and it, it was kind of a goofy scenario, but it was like, I knew God sent them at that exact moment, right after I prayed to just help the situation. And again, this guy may have been completely harmless. He may have tried absolutely nothing, but he made me very uncomfortable and he kept pushing too much. And then God sends these wonderful ladies and we sat in the living room and visited forever. And, and they were just wonderful. And even at the end when, um, I was, you know, my friends had showed up and I was like, thank you for coming. Thank you for visiting. One of the ladies was like, honey, when you opened that door, you just looked uncomfortable. And she said, I don't know what's going on, but she said, God's protecting you. And that's all she said and left. Right. And it was like, again, I'm not saying this guy was bad. I don't mean it like that. I don't know, but I knew I felt wrong and I felt very uncomfortable and I didn't feel safe. And then I started praying. And what does God do? He sends people, like you said, he sends people to help protect me. Because at the time I was thinking about, oh, well, I don't want to hurt friendships or this guy is a friend of my friends. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to come off rude. But now I am learning. And over the years, I have learned that those thoughts, the devil tries to kind of put there and stop you from being rude. Because as Christians, we're supposed to be nice and kind and polite and and so that was a big learning lesson for me that I'm never going to let the devil put thoughts like that into my head when I know something is wrong. I don't care if I'm rude. I don't care if I come off, you know, judgmental. I don't care how it comes off in that moment. I want to take care of myself first because God is there to protect me and he is giving me the discernment to know something is not right. So that was a, a lesson learned. That's all we have time for today. If you're enjoying this interview, please share it with your friends and join us next week as we continue. Meanwhile, join me for two-minute daily devotional videos Monday through Friday at onemomentwiser.com. That's the digit one, momentwiser.com or on social media at One Moment Wiser. God bless you.